ATX Ahead, presented by the Austin Business Journal, exploring the future of Austin and the challenges we face. Brought to you by Cascadia Capital, the investment bank of choice for business leaders, the business litigation law firm of Kane and Scarnulis, and by Trimbuilt Construction, building Austin since 1984. Hello, this is Will Anderson, Austin Business Journal Managing Editor, back with another episode of ATX Ahead, the podcast featuring discussions about the future of the Austin area economy. This time, we're talking about the end of the tech boom, or at least the tech boom hitting a speed bump. We've reported on hundreds of local layoffs in recent months, from tech giants such as Meta down to venture-backed startups. Yet, tech companies are still hiring voraciously. Round Rock-based Dell Technologies said in early February it would cut about 5% of its workforce. Yet, look online at the Dell website and you can see hundreds of job openings, including in Central Texas. It supports something that many experts have told me. Even as companies seek to cut expenses in unprofitable or otherwise less desirable areas, they are hoping to grow in those with lots of potential, especially in advanced tech such as AI. Clearly, it's an uncertain time when it comes to the future of the tech workforce in Austin. There are still plenty of unanswered questions about companies' talent and real estate needs. So, we brought on Tom Singer, CEO of the Austin Technology Council, a nonprofit advocacy group for the tech community, to help us figure out what's going on. Hey, Tom, thanks so much for joining us on the ATX to Head podcast. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You are the CEO of Austin Technology Council. It's a position where you've kind of got a high level view of the Austin technology ecosystem. And you've also been, you know, a motivational speaker, consultant for many different companies. So I imagine you can bring us a lot of insight on how companies and business leaders are feeling these days. Tell us, what is the mood among tech companies these days? Well, first of all, I'm still new to the role at the Austin Technology Council. I took it over about six months ago, so I'm seven months ago. So I'm still kind of getting my feet wet and and getting engaged with uh, current members, past members, uh, future members, you know, and trying to kind of get my hands around things. But one of the things that I did when I started is I met with a hundred leaders of companies in the tech sector around Austin, both technology companies, service provider companies who serve them, and then other civic leaders. And, you know, everybody is still bullish on Austin. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of worry in the economy, both locally, nationally, and globally. But for the most part, you know, I always tell people that Austinites have an unnatural love affair with Austin, and the glass is always way more than half full when they look to the future. And that's still there. Yeah, I think our optimism, our eternal optimism is one of those Austin characteristics. So it's good to hear that's been sustained and that's going strong. It is kind of an uncertain economic time, right? Um, we've been reporting on layoffs at lots of companies, many of them tech companies. But I find something surprising in that even if there's cost cutting in certain areas, these same companies will hire hundreds of people, you know, the next month in another area, growth area they might see. So the headcounts aren't even really shrinking all that time or they aren't shrinking by as much as we might think. So it is a strange time. Do you hear that from members as well? Yeah, I mean, I've lived in the Austin area now for 31 years and, you know, we've seen our ups and downs, but Austin has always run a little bit differently, right? Part of that is, is that, you know, we have this entrepreneurial spirit. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, people who get laid off go and start their own businesses and some of those businesses thrive and succeed and move forward and other people are able to to bounce to the next thing. But you are right. A lot of these large companies are laying off. But we haven't felt, I don't think, that much of it in Austin. A lot of these companies won't release the numbers. They'll they'll nationally say they're laying off 8,000 people, but they won't tell us how many people 
are laid off in our market. And so we're not seeing a lot of pain yet in Austin. Uh, I don't know, you know, what's going to play out. There's a lot of smart people who are predicting this year is, is going to get worse. But so far, we're not hearing a lot of huge impact in the Austin market. But granted, sometimes it takes a few months for these things to, to trickle through. But right now, it seems like Austin is continuing to move forward like we always do. Yeah, there's the idea, the joke that Austin is the last. I mean, not not a joke. It's it's true that Austin was often the last into a recession, first out of recession in the old days. Although we might not have been as connected, I would say, to some of the macroeconomic uh, forces as far as, you know, having very large tech employers here, the Silicon Valley giants and all those things. But to your point, maybe it is a maybe Austin is a moderating kind of um, effect on on those companies. And certainly there's still a lot of demand for employees in this area. Uh, I mean, imagine you hear it among your members, but the competition for talent is fierce. So I imagine even um, when we write layoff stories, we'd like to say, hey, that's a, those are some highly skilled folks that could and probably should end up very quickly at other jobs. Yeah, I would say probably the number one thing I hear from growth-oriented companies is definitely that it's, it's a race for talent. And a lot of these big companies coming to town have raised the bar of what people are being paid. Uh, also, the cost of living in Austin has gone up immensely in the last five years. So the combination of all of those things, that that's there's a squeeze on companies to be able to find talent. And again, like I said, is we're we're hearing about layoffs, but you know, we're not seeing a lot of people reaching out saying, Hey, I've just lost my job and things like that, people who've been active in our organization. So you know, I it's hard to predict where we are or where we're going, but I think we have to be smart. You know, for many years, Austin was the big alternative to the Silicon Valley and a few other large cities where, where tech was heavily concentrated. Yeah. And we were the alternative. So I've been very involved since I've taken this job with other tech councils around the country. There's actually an organization of technology councils. And I've befriended people in some of these major cities that are now trying to position themselves as alternatives. So one of the things we have to realize for Austin is that's changing. It's not that these cities are competition, but they're out there. They're trying to position themselves. They want the jobs that are being moved when people are opening a second headquarters or a satellite office. The competition for tech companies, you know, we used to win most of the relocations. And now there's a lot more alternatives out there. And so that's neither good nor bad. But as a community, we need to be aware of that. And the words I use, and this goes back to, to my days, you know, working with companies as a speaker and a trainer, is that community, collaboration, and conversations can solve all problems. And I've taken that sort of motto and, and brought it in as I've come into the Austin Technology Council because we have to get back to this idea that, that we are a tech community, not a bunch of little silos, not everything being curated about who gets to come to what, but there has to be a place where everybody feels their voice can be heard within our community. So we have to have the community, the more we collaborate with other companies on a local basis, rather than compete in, in every possible aspect, we win. And then the more conversations we're having, both one-to-one -one in group settings at networking events, and even on podcasts like this and, and some others that focus on the business community in Austin, those types of conversations can lead to inspiring people and coming up with new ideas and new people being able to get together and connect. So all of these things are intertwined. We cannot think that we as a city or a region, that we are you know, the alternative to the Valley because it's not just us anymore. And at the same time, we have to look for how do we collaborate with those other communities? A lot of people who've moved offices here also have offices in Nashville and Denver and Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. That's a really interesting point. And I think that you see it 
from the many cities that are trying to court remote workers. To your other point, being just as Austin, Austin was an affordable market, an affordable alternative to to the coast. And while it still is, I would argue, uh, as far as housing and, and salaries, that's changing, right? Or that margin is being slimmed down. So it's not as easy to say, hey, you know, let's open up an engineering office in Austin. We'll save a, you know, a bunch of money. Salaries are rising. Real estate prices are rising to your point. So what does Austin offer? There's the collaboration that I think we're pretty dang good at that you mentioned. We're already pretty good at community and conversation, but how do we uh, preserve those kind of things as we continue to grow and evolve as an economy? Great question. I don't know the answer. And I, I, I hope that uh, through these kind of, like you said, I hope we do play a part in it on this podcast, figuring out what those next steps are. Well, and one of the things I think that that we need to get back to, and I, I don't think we've lost this, but I think that it, it's gotten muddied a little bit. And that is Austin always had a reputation for 30 years that everybody was approachable. It wasn't a place where there were a bunch of ivory towers where you needed to be invited in behind the curtain. You know, Austin was one of those things. If you look back to the 90s, there was the, the high-tech happy hours or, you know, other types of events where they just invited everybody in the community and you would have VCs and founders and CEOs and marketing people and tech people and CTOs all came together just because it was so exciting. Tech was was taking over, if you will, our economy. And everybody who was there kind of felt like they were along for the ride. Well, now we've we've gotten there and we can't forget how we got here. It was people like George Kosmetsky and Carol Thompson and Laura Kilcreast and Pike Powers and probably 30 or 40 other key leaders in and around technology who looked to the future. They got together and they talked about what do we need to do to go from you know, this this college town that has, you know, some good base of business to being this tech leader. Well, if you look over the last 30 years, we're now living their dream from 30 years ago. And I think yeah. we need to get back to that where we collaborate more and we don't shut people out by prejudging, you know, by their job title or what company they work for, or what their background is. We need to bring everybody to the table and think, where do we want to be in 30 years? That's a great trip down memory lane. I often wonder who the next Pike Powers will be. Who will who will help Austin land the Semitech equivalent of the 21st century, you know, to to look into the future and imagine what that next technology revolution will be and, and lay the groundwork for Austin to be at the center of it. So that's an exciting thing to think about, but that's a lot of pressure too. You know, who who could fill those kind of shoes of uh, you know, Pike Powers, Kometsky, you know, the Laura Kill creases of the world? That's uh that's tough, but I imagine you know, there is uh, there's reason for optimism too. Well, those of us who've been around for 30 years, we say those names with a genuine respect, right? You, you feel like you, you almost want to genuflect a little bit when you say those names. However, those people didn't set out to be, you know, legends in the tech community in Austin. They just set out to do what they could on an individual basis and then collectively in order to help move Austin to a really great future where the economy could thrive and where tech companies could really, you know, that rising tide would raise all boats. And I think that's the awesome part is we don't have to say who's going to be the next Pike Powers or the next George Kosmetsky. What we need is for the visionary thought leaders to say, you know what, I'm willing to talk to anybody and everybody to a degree and share my ideas Rather than just saying, hey, you know, let's get a couple of, you know, really smart people together by my pool and talk about the problems. No, we have to do this through, you know, an eye of everybody's welcome at this table. Not everything has to be curated. There has to be a place for everyone in the community to be able to say, I care about the future. And then those people rise to the top. Nobody jumps into a giant role to become a legend. People do what they can. And then collectively, those things get together and, and rise 
you know, rise us to that next level. So I don't think we have to look for who's the next, you know, super leader. I think we need to encourage everyone who sees themselves as a visionary thought leader for tech. We need to encourage them to find a place to put their finger into the tech ecosystem so that together all of these things work really well. ATX Ahead, presented by Cascadia Capital, the investment bank of choice for business leaders, providing trusted financial advisory services to entrepreneurs, family business owners, and financial sponsors for more than 20 years. The business litigation law firm of Kane and Scarnulis PLLC, handling high profile, high stakes, and mission critical matters for you and your business. Learn more at cstrial.com and by Trim Built Construction, building Austin since 1984. Visit us at trimbuilt.com or call 512-689-7881. Let's start the conversation about your project. There was an interesting facet of that point you're making being about bringing people together. And often that means physically, like literally being in a happy hour, right? So you through ATC and then your job as, uh, you know, your, your work as a public speaker, as a keynote deliverer, like what do you think about the future of kind of business gatherings, getting people back together? Are we doing that again? We're absolutely doing it. In fact, March 7th, ATC has our annual gateway happy hour, which no. is, uh, it usually was the Thursday before South by Southwest, but that night has gotten very crowded. It used to be nothing was happening on Thursday and everything kicked off on Friday. And what I realized was Thursday's a busy party night. So we moved it back to Tuesday, which is March 7th. And we already have way more people signed up than I thought we were going to have. So, you know, people do want to come together. You know, the pandemic everybody got sent home and, and we had to socially distance to be able to keep everybody safe. And that was the right thing. And everybody thought, well, that's the end of networking events. That's the end of trade associations because now we can do everything. We can do everything by Zoom. But what we found is, is that, and at first people were raving about how productive they were and how great it was. But now there's a lot of people saying, I, I just don't have the same strong network. And my belief is, is that there is a place for all these digital tools. And it's great that we have Zoom and other platforms where we can meet and have meetings because we don't always have to jump on a plane to go meet with somebody or drive downtown to a Starbucks to meet somebody. But there is still a reason why shared experiences are how we build relationships, how human beings are wired for who they know, they like, and they trust. That hasn't really changed. That's part of our nature. And so we still need, if, if we care about building a reputation and a brand, we still need to physically show up in our community. And not everybody will do it. And there's all kinds of outliers who say, oh, I've been very successful doing everything remotely. But that's the outlier. And one of the problems we have in society is we champion the outlier. But most of us still need to have that one-on-one -on -one time with people. We need to share experiences with people in order to build relationships that lead us to that point where opportunities are going are to come to us. You know, the old saying, people do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. Well, yeah, you could say that's a cliche, but we all know that cliches are based in truth anyway. But if you think about, if you have an opportunity, who are you going to give it to? You're going to give it to somebody who you know. And we can't know everybody just through likes, links, shares, and follows. So the smartest are finding a way to balance both the online and the in-person side of building relationships. Because I'll always fight for the fact that we need to come together and look people in the eye if we want to get to that level of trust. And trust is the foundation of business. 
But it's great that we have options now, right? Just like you said, we're doing this on Zoom. Not everything has to be uh, meeting up in person, but it's great to have the options to do both. And the challenge is finding out how you get your organization to thrive in that hybrid environment. So um, exciting times, a little bit of trepidation, but, um, but interesting times for leaders to try to figure out what works best for their people. Now, what about ATC? I mean, you mentioned this event you have coming up before South By. Uh, you know, what new ways are you guys trying to help engage with these members, your tech companies, uh, advise sure. them, help them during these strange economic times? So we're having a monthly breakfast that is usually on broad business terms because we want to have broad events that can attract a lot of people. And so far we've had, you know, 65 and 55 people at both breakfasts that we've had this year. Uh, so far, we have one on March 14th uh, where we're bringing in a friend of mine who is a futurist. And, you know, sometimes you roll your eyes when you hear the word futurist. But this guy, uh, Simon Anderson, I, I've gotten to know him through speaking at similar events with him. And he's the real deal. So we're doing that March 14th. And it's just a chance for people to come together, get inspired about business and network and meet meet some new people. So we're doing those on a monthly basis. We have our big happy hour in March. We have our CEO slash C-suite summit in November. That's been going on for a decade. ATC has been putting it on and that continues to be our big signature event. And uh, so that'll happen this November. And then we just launched a podcast of our own because, you know, we didn't think you should have all the listeners in Austin. Uh, we, we thought yeah. we should share with you, right? So uh, we started a podcast uh, about two months ago called Austin Tech Connect. And uh, it's underwritten and sponsored by NetSpend, one of our members, and we're very uh, happy to have them. And then each individual one, we have some sponsors for individual episodes as well. And we interview business leaders in tech to hear their personal business story, their company's success. And then I ask each of them, what do you think is the future of Austin? And I, I, I've been interviewing people for a long time. I listen to what they say, and then I pull out the little nuggets and make them go deeper. And, and then we you know, kind of look to what is the future for Austin? And, and sometimes we talk about why is it important that we get involved and connect through organizations, trade organizations, et cetera, because this is still an important thing. I think there is more of a place than ever for trade associations, both in technology or anything. If you're a plumber, you should belong to the National Plumbers Association. As a speaker, and I still do some, some training and speaking on the side, I'm a super active member of the National Speakers Association. I never would have able to, to built that career if it wasn't for the contacts I had made through being engaged in that organization. And I hear from members all the time that when they've gotten engaged in the tech community through ATC and other groups, it's the people who they've met who have led them to their merger, led them to their investor, led yeah. them to the next people that they hire. So there's still a place for this. And, and so ATC wants to be that. One of the things we do in our weekly newsletter is we promote other tech groups events. It's not just, hey, we're ATC. My belief since I've taken over is we're a community group first, then we're a membership organization. So we wanna share with everybody and really promote Austin Women in Technology or whoever the other groups are, uh, Association for Corporate Growth, whoever is having events that could really be beneficial to people who are on our mailing list, we want to make sure that we're the conduit to help pair them up because we're not the right match for everybody and we can't do everything. I can't put on 40 events a year. I mean, it's just physically impossible. Right. And, you know, we need to, to work together as a community to do this. So that's my belief is the more we collaborate the more we bring all of these technology groups together, instead of saying, those are my members, or I can't share my mailing list, or they'll steal my members. That's yesterday thinking. Today and tomorrow thinking is we're a community. We're a community first. So what can we do to rise that tide so that all the boats get higher? Great to hear about the podcast, about the meetings. You need to listen to that, Austin Tech Connect. 
And I love the, the point you make about you know making connections, right? We often say that when we're writing about the news, it's not companies that make the news, really, it's the people. So it's the, the banker you knew who helped you get the deal done or the lawyer who you met when you were a young startup and now she's helping you go public. So um, I love harping on those relationships. Can I ask you one thing? You, you said you'd like to ask people about what they thought of the future. I wonder what you'd say about the future of the Austin tech scene and whether you think you know five to 10 years from now, how it might look. Hey man, that's my question. I don't have to answer. I, I get I get to ask other people that question. Yeah. What do What do you think? You know, my thought is is that the growth is going to continue. You know, I, if you ask people in Austin, when was the greatest time in Austin? They usually talk about the week they moved here. And you know, when I moved here, there were seven hundred thousand people in the greater metropolitan area. There's now something like two point four million, and you know, we've built two roads. So, you know, the traffic is getting worse and, and will continue to get worse. Uh, housing prices are going to go up because more people are going to move here. Look, we have a great culture in Austin and we can't kill the golden goose. We need to work to keep that culture. And so I think the future is going to be more big companies are going to have satellite offices here. But I also think that our entrepreneurial spirit is going to help us thrive. If you look back at companies like Dell, uh, Tivoli, um, Trilogy. So many companies were founded out of people who worked for just those three companies. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of startups that have happened that it came out of a handful of, I don't know, five or six major companies. It's that entrepreneurial spirit where after somebody does something, they're like, oh, I can go do my own thing. So I think that we're going to continue to see more of that entrepreneurial umph, but we're also going to see it with more big companies. And what we have to do is we have to figure out how to get those big companies to get involved in our tech ecosystem, not just to write a check or not just to say, put their you know name on the side of a building, but how do we get them to get their people to show up, to participate and to serve on boards of groups like ATC? Well, good luck convening that community. It sounds like you guys are already accomplishing a lot. Appreciate your time today, Tom. Hey, Will, thanks for having me. ATX Ahead, presented by the Austin Business Journal. Exploring the future of Austin and the challenges we face. Brought to you by Cascadia Capital, the investment bank of choice for business leaders, the business litigation law firm of Kane and Scarnulis, and by Trimbuilt Construction, building Austin since 1984.